just remember that the first reason that we do this is not the music. The first reason that we do this is to serve our community and to be faithful stewards of the gifts that God has given us. And so that's why we're in the church. Hello. Happy, happy fall. Happy fall, John. I was going to say the same <laughs> thing, which means we both must love fall. Fall is my favorite season. What's your favorite thing about fall? Um, the the nippy, cool weather. Yeah. I think I talked about on an earlier podcast how I went on a really long walk. Yeah. I, I love going on long walks in the fall. I just love wearing a light coat. Yep. Do you feel sometimes when you're when you show up at church, the temperature in the room, like I don't want to be the guy who wears a coat on stage. <laughs> Are you a coat guy on stage or not coat guy? No, I try not to wear a coat on stage. Because but sometimes I feel like it's cold enough where I could wear a coat. Yep. But I just feel a little insecure like someone's going to pop in and be like, "Oh, we get it, coat guy." Yeah. And, but I don't think anybody did, but it's for this reason when I was in college, I went to Moody and Tory Gray Auditorium did not have any heat for like a long part of the winter. And I would go up and lead worship and I would wear a huge scarf because it was freezing. And a dude came up to me, he was my freshman year, and a senior came up to me and was like, hey buddy, nice scarf. Way to make it about you. <laughs> oh, not ironically. No. Yes. <laughs> Way to make it about you. Totally. And I was like, oh my God. Wait, what are you talking And then I looked and I was wearing this like huge chunky sweater. Yeah. I mean, it was a really chunky sweater. I mean, it was very... A lot about me when I was at Moody was actually quite loud. My yeah. hair was like yeah. four times as long. Yeah. Um, anyway, the point being, he had a lot of other things to point out besides my scarf, but the guy was kind of a jerk. And at that point, honestly, I was like, oh my gosh, like I need to, <laughs> I need to kind of like cool it with my, yeah. and so I, I didn't wear That it matters what you're wearing. Totally. Yeah, that is interesting. It's funny too, when you look back, like when I think back of my young worship leader self, like when I was wearing 15 years ago, I remember wearing gloves without uh, fingertips. They were like, oh yeah, those I remember mittens. Those. I remember those. They have no fingertips, so totally. I can play guitar still. And you kind of look like the I wet bandits. Those. Like, yes, totally. Like Home Alone wet bandits mittens, which is a totally like fall weather kind of apparel. Yeah, but why was I wearing that in June? <laughs> you know what I mean? I think I thought it looked cool, dude. I'm sure we can have a, a strong laugh about our fashion choices through the years, right? And it is interesting, though, because, yeah, it makes you wonder, what do people think? You know, if you're on stage leading worship, you know, 15 years ago, I don't think I was thinking about that, yeah. to be honest. Right. Like, oh, right. is this right. going to maybe send up red flags for people? Right. 15 years ago, that was like, for me, that was Gosh. right after high school. That was the beginning of college. I definitely wasn't yeah. aware of it until he, he started pointing it out. Because when you're leading worship in youth group, at least when I was in high school, it was just, it worship was still kind of like a almost like a at least youth group worship was almost like almost punk rock not not in the style but the energy yeah, yeah. it was like we could go for 20 minutes we could go for 2 hours right we this is just the youth getting together to praise God like it right. was they had that vibe so there was no like yeah tuck that shirt in it was just like yeah just let's have come fun. as you are come let's you are. go like let's oh that's rock. not work great we're just going to go acoustic today yeah you know those, yeah, those were fun days. Those man. were fun days. All well, that to say, Donnie Cox, Yeah, he's on the front lines at Parkview out in Glen Ellen. Really sweet guy. Yep. Heart of gold. Heart for people. Exactly. Huge heart for people. Just wants to connect with people. Yeah. Kind of makes mention of this, um, this whole idea that when you are on stage, you are making yourself vulnerable to people's criticisms in good and bad ways. 
And I think the way he, um, that's like one of the things he talks about. I think the way he talks about it is really life-giving and gracious. And yeah. So I really enjoyed this interview. There's a ton in here. Let's jump in. My name is Donnie, Donnie Cox. I'm originally from Flint, Michigan. Uh, I moved to Texas when I was 19 to work in a, a small church in West Texas. That's awesome. Yeah, man. it's really cool. So we love interviewing worship leaders who are like in the trenches mm. and like actually doing it. Yeah. You know, every the seven days. of Sunday, it's coming. Yep, every seven days, right? Yeah. And is there like one thing right now that's been challenging you as a worship leader? Uh, several. So I, um, I'm a big fan of like self work and, you know, therapy and all those kinds of things. And so we have a curtain in the back of our stage, like most people, and it has a little path around to the other side where we do our stream mixing and all that stuff. And now before I go out and do a set, we do three services on a Sunday. I just go stand behind the curtain with nobody watching me. And I open up my arms really wide. And I just ask God to give me love and muchness for every single person in the room. And what that means for me is, um, like you said, I'm in the trenches, right? And so that means ministry. That means when I'm on call and I have to do a uh, you know, hospital visit and then run straight to rehearsal that I still have people to love. And I can't be all, you know, crazy, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so I've moved to this like physical representation of God, give me a heart for every single soul that walks in here because otherwise it's, I mean, it's ministry. It's easy to get apathetic. And we're in the center of criticism a lot of times between the senior pastor's teaching and the worship leader's decisions on pretty much everything. It's a lot of uh, feedback at any given point. And so um, the the way that I'm trying to counteract some of that self-doubt and just all that stuff that you have as a, as a leader is to ask God to give me a heart for every single soul. Because no matter what a person is going through, like if the person is treating you absolutely terrible, that's not a problem. That's an opportunity to figure out what in the world is going on with this person. And if you can survive... <laughs> The first <laughs> few attempts at figuring that out as a pastor, then, um, and you come out relatively unscathed, then then you'll realize that even you know feedback or this that or whatever that your pressure you're feeling is really coming from a, a place of you know let's talk about change. Why don't people like change? Well, because something probably happened to them where yeah. they had to change. And, That's right. Yeah. And now they're really uncomfortable with it. And we're pastors. Yeah. Leaders, worship leaders, first and foremost, and so we have to care for those people. And just because somebody doesn't like my haircut <laughs> or the song selection for the week doesn't mean that they're not made in the image of God and are hurting. And yeah. so I've just the hard way learned that lesson, you know, um, and and it's been it's been really great. I've also been asking myself the question, what do our people in this season? I mean, we're always asking these questions, but specifically now with the landscape of our country, with the landscape of our community, what are our people wanting to say? What do they need to hear? What is on their heart? We're headed back towards some more traditional music. I grew up in the hymns church. I feel like I've always been the tip of the spear. And what I mean is when I was a kid, we weren't allowed to like have live instruments in the church. <laughs> and then I went to a church where that was cool, but then we were too loud and then the songs weren't the right thing because, you know, this is a part of this movement that happens yes. in lots of churches where yes. you just kind of go through a new season. And, uh, and Parkview is no different. You know, when I came there, there was a little bit different style of worship and I just, it's been a great experience, but you know, it, uh, it can be challenging like any. Yeah. To make any those person. changes. Yeah. What would really you say different. are some of the changes you, you guys have made? 
we cleaned up the stage a lot. And what I mean by that is like, it was a very busy place. Lots of people. There was too many people. We couldn't clean up the mix. We could never really pick out who was singing. I actually know the guy that was there before me. He's a really, really good dude. Where we are different is that he is a monster musician. Like, monster musician. This guy is a bass player that, like, makes me sick. He's an incredible musician. But he's not, and he would say this, not a traditional worship leader. He doesn't stand there with a guitar or piano and lead the people. And so he was a really great empowerer of others and in, in their volunteer role. But then they hired a guy to come in that can kind of do some of that stuff. And that yeah. was a little awkward. But right. we all made it through with enough honesty and compassion and, right. you know, hard, tough conversations. It was yeah. different for them because it was like, who's this guy? Like, we need yeah. a volunteer normally to come in with their guitar or their piano. And, and now there's this person. And if he shows up on a Sunday and we don't show up, the show still goes on. Yeah. And that's very strange um, when and it's that's, somebody that you don't know. Right. Um, and that would be a hard change to make. I imagine there's probably a worship leader or two sitting out there listening to this and going... I didn't anticipate this to be so challenging. Ooh, um, that's fair. And you coming from the road and then going into local church ministry, were any of these challenges a big surprise to you, or did you anticipate some of the challenges you face? And if they were a surprise, what would be some advice you would give to worship leaders who are sitting there going, oh, no, like I, I don't know what to do about this? Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Um, well, because that's also a major shift going from the road mm-hmm. to then yeah. – leading so you're going from like entertaining people mm-hmm. you know in a concert yeah to like That's now exactly this is about it. the people this is like my loving exact the experience people. so yes. sunday night people are waiting to like take pictures and hang out and get the set list from the stage they want to ask you about your gear um they want to know hey i'm a keyboard player what are you using hey i think i saw omnisphere can we talk about that <laughs> i love that that's like my little you know, musician nerdy heaven. And that was like every other show. The show would end. Because, you know, I, I loved being secondary uh, leadership. To Jeremy. Yeah. Your name could be on the sign. You get to have to deal with the people in the airport. I get to act like a rock star and then just get all the benefits of, you know, of all of everything. It's wonderful. Uh, and so I went from having people want to talk to me to the very next week people being upset about something in the church and not knowing me not knowing my story feeling like i i had somehow let them down and yet i didn't really know them and yeah it was really surprising it was challenging i did know it was going to happen i didn't think it was going to happen within a matter of weeks a guy i can say his name because i won't tell you his last name but a guy named jeff walks up to me on a sunday morning within the first three weeks of me being there and looks at me and says i see you finally found some pants that fit you Referring mm. to my more like skinny jeaned nature of a guy who had just moved from Nashville, you know, and I just told him, I said, "Hey, man, you work at Burger King, you wear the uniform." Like that's kind of that's been always been my kind of line, you know. It's just true. You work in the music industry, you probably have a decent amount of black and gray in your wardrobe, and that's the way that it works. And and this particular person, you know, that was that was actually for him. Now that I've gotten to know him, he was he was trying to be friendly. That's him. But now that I know his story, I can meet him there and I can say, hey, tell me more about your really sarcastic comment. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. sting as much. But the very, so, so I guess what I would say is if you, I'm going to close my eyes right now and I'm going to pretend and I'm going to imagine that there's somebody driving in their car or there's somebody on a treadmill or walking down the street and they're listening to my words right now. If you were a young worship leader, it's tough. 
I'm sorry. I hear you. It's it's all real. That's very true. Um, but just remember that the first reason that we do this is not the music. The first reason that we do this is to serve our our community and to be faithful stewards of the gifts that God has given us. And so that's why we're in the church. Jesus said, is it not the sick that need a doctor? Well, if, if we're going to get bent out of shape every time somebody looks at his cross-eyed, then we're going to have a fairly short career working in the church. It is hiring and it is very hard. The church will take and take and take and take. But it's because there's always a need, you know. And, and you know, if you've worked in the church, if you're a worship pastor, you're probably a jack-of-all-trades. You... You don't just do worship. You probably post social media or you work on videos or you do your slides or you are talking to your lighting people. It doesn't matter how big your church is. It doesn't matter how small your church is. A worship pastor has to carry a lot of weight. And whether you are a young woman starting out in this position and you are struggling to find your voice and you are struggling to find your footing, um, I see you and I hear you. And man... It's so, how cool is it that there is a loop community? I'm not trying to be shamelessly plugging this thing, but truthfully, like it's a community of somebody. Somebody asked me, "Hey, you're going to be on this podcast this week. What does that mean?" And I said, "Well, there are different services that kind of do this, and these people, you know, you can get tracks from these people, and you can get tracks from these people. But what's interesting and really awesome and unique about loop community is the community is the part. I have a friend. His name's Teal Merrick. Hey, Teal. He's out in West Texas at." Uh, a big church called Trinity. And this just, I don't know, maybe last year, I remember him posting on Facebook. He's a dear friend. Hey, y'all, I made a track in the key of G for, I don't know, whatever Hillsong tune was going on at the time. And it was a female-led song, typically. He's like, hey, man, I like singing this. So I don't, nice. there aren't a lot of tracks in this key, you know, because it was the song is in right. D. Like yeah. He you wants say, to sing yeah, it in G. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it was. It was what a beautiful name. It's what it was. It's in D. Yeah. If you're a dude, okay, you know, you get your tracks, you've got half step down, whole Upper step up. down, yep. a certain amount of but you are you're out as far as like, you know, certain times. And so he created his own track, shared it with everyone on Loop Community. Yeah. And I got all fuzzy and warm inside. Yeah. I love <laughs> that. Cool. That's really cool. That is cool. And that's why we made it. Yeah. I know. Warm and fuzzies. So it's gosh. Good. There's so many interesting things here. Sometimes I wonder, you know, I just keep thinking of this. I can't believe, you know, you left this rock star world mm-hmm. in a way and went to a very different realm of music. Mm-hmm. And that's church music. Yeah. And serving the people. And I'm sometimes worried that a lot of younger worship leaders are maybe delusioned or like huh. have lost their way of like everyone's trying to be a rock star. Worship well, every, you know, it's it's interesting I was having the same conversation last week. Like, it makes me worried. I mean, you, you can watch, and I don't want to name names because I have nothing but love and respect for many of these people, but there are several folks that are leaving their larger churches right now who are their kind of bread and butter worship leaders, and they're moving to Nashville. They're getting record deals and all that kind of stuff. And I, I feel very conflicted about it because on one hand, I'm extremely happy that, that their platform and their like their ability to use their gifts and their reach to encourage people is growing and that's awesome. But it is creating a culture of rockstar worship leader and we have rockstar worship leader tours and we have, but, but then again, like I'm not judging it. I love this stuff. 
Like, yeah, you know no, what I mean? It's, it's, it's what's interesting is like, it, I've learned very quickly. I don't want people judging my heart. So why am I, you right. know, if I see somebody doing something, I don't know the story. Like you just left your church gig and you're moving to Nashville. Congrats. I hope this is something that is God ordained and that you feel so connected to your community and that everyone is supporting this. And if not, then may the grace of God and peace be with you. And let's all be with you when this doesn't really work out. And that's cool too, because the lesson will be learned. God will get the glory and we'll, we'll all be fine. Right. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Well, I think that's it. And I think yeah. it, that's why it's, I think it's an important conversation to have. Yeah. And that we're, we're talking about these things and reminding each other about why are we doing what we're doing. I, I want it to be about the music and the hang. Mm-hmm. And, and. Right. And, and sometimes I wonder, I'm like, man, maybe we just like take ourselves way too seriously. Yeah, I think so. I, like, think I wonder so. if churches just. Yeah. It's like, maybe well, we take ourselves way too we, seriously. We put ourselves too highly into the uh, equation. God needs us to save these people is essentially how we do operate. <laughs> like, that's how we operate. Yeah. God needs us to save these people. And if mm. we don't put on the best darn show this weekend, right. then they're not going to come. And then the whole thing's worthless. I think that's what we sort of live in. Now, we fall into it. No one would say that. Like, I grew up in a church where it was like, grace, 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 grace. But then we just judged everybody because <laughs> we were kids. You know, that's what happens. And I think a lot of the same thing is true for, for church community. And, uh, you know, I think I don't have a negative bone in my body towards the church. Um, I, I just I want to make sure she she keeps her priority straight. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm, I'm a fan of fun. We do lights. <laughs> I got haze. You know, I got people, I got people doing, getting mad about this or I got people loving this. I got, I'll have somebody come up to me saying that was distracting and I'll have somebody come up to me and say that was incredibly moving and that really helped me connect. I'm a creative. I needed this, you know? And so you just, you just do it. So what's keeping you steady? Like in the oh. pendulum swing, what are, if uh, I'm a worship leader and I'm stuck in that pendulum swing week to week, got a compliment here and got a criticism here and it's mm. back and forth like how, how are you steadying your soul and your heart to keep the main thing the main thing well uh i would say first and foremost is just the community you know thankfully the team like the actual staff the pastors the leaders that i work with they're awesome and they get it too <laughs> like i mean not meaning they get the criticism but i mean they understand it like they we're in the trenches together Parkview is a place where you're allowed to ask questions. Um, you're allowed to have doubts. You're allowed to express your fears. I had a very meaningful heart-to-heart talk with my boss this morning. I shed tears. It was okay. I'm accepted. I'm loved. If you find yourself in a church community where that's not the case, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, that that's part of this. What I would say is just remember every single stinking one of us is broken and so is your senior pastor. So is your executive pastor. So is what the guy that just lady that sent you an email, the guy that screamed that you wore a hat in church, whatever it is like that he's, that person is hurting and it's an opportunity to hurt alongside of that person. You don't have to absorb everybody's, you know, here's a life lesson. You want a quick life lesson as a pastor good, yeah. or just in general, you're not responsible for the way that other people react to what you say. Now, it is your job and responsibility to be kind, gracious, but if you're delivering hard news, if you have to change something, last minute, unfortunate, people worked really hard for it, you got a whole team of people did this thing and all of a sudden it's not going to work, well, there's an opportunity for kindness, there's an opportunity for gratitude, there's an opportunity for all those things. Yeah. Um, And I've learned it the hard way. 
I messed up. I apologize. I like to say I'm sorry. <laughs> That's how I operate. I mess up. I say I'm sorry. Um, and it, it's community. It's being around the right people. It's also empowering your leaders. We have a worship arts leadership team that we're kind of reinventing right now. And it's part of their responsibility to care for people. It's a part of their responsibility to, to pastor the people, to be a part of, you know, I'm not stepping away from that, but like, we want to be community. Let's be a community. Let's be in each other's lives, you know? And, uh, and so I'm learning to depend on people. It's difficult for me to ask for help. It's part of my personality because I often don't know what I need. And so I'm learning to slow and pause and ask great questions and recognize that not knowing the answer to something is not a weakness. It's a great thing. Just admit it. And if you have a leader that can't appreciate that, then one day you will. Mm. Yeah. One day you will. Because I've been there. I've been the 18, 19, 20 year old, you know, guy, kid, whatever. And, uh, you know, don't take yourself too seriously. I moved to Nashville in 2007. I was 20, 20. And a guy who's a bass player in the industry for a long time, country guy, his name's Clay Krasner, uh, really great guy. He looks at me and he says, um, take what you do seriously. Don't take yourself too seriously. Some of the best advice I've ever gotten. Without a doubt. Yeah. Someone once told me that, I think I read it somewhere, collaboration has no hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you resist the hierarchy as a team in the collaborative process so that your team goes after what your team really wants to go after? You don't. How, yeah, you don't. <laughs> you don't. I yeah. mean, we don't. But yeah. I can say this. You are as good as your relationships. You're as good as your team. Like, you're, if you genuinely care about each other, you love each other... You're going to generate good. You're going to generate good. You know, I I heard Dr. Luke, producer, you know, of L.A. pop fame, say in a a writing kind of question and answer one time that there's, um, when he goes into a new writing session, he just says, I had the same conversation I start every time. We check our egos at the door. Because creativity will be um, stomped on by the slightest hint of... um, Ego, hmm. um, pride, um, agenda, insecurity. Hey, we all have those. Yeah. You know, um, but we have to be honest about them. So I guess what I would say is like, you know, you say, you know, collaboration has no hierarchy. I agree with that statement. Yeah. Um, I do. Um, and sometimes it's just pushing through the resistance. Have you ever read Stephen Pressfield, The War of Art? No. Have you heard about this? I book? have heard about yeah, the yeah. book. Yes, I'm sure you probably have. Yes. If you listen to you know, if you listen to podcasts or you you know, you're into leadership or art or you know, creativity. Yes, it's probably come across. Um, I have about maybe <laughs> fifteen or that 20. you want to read. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yes, you always and, have to have that. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, but I did actually get to this one several years ago, uh, and. The word that he uh, that he uses to kind of sort of describe the spirit or the muse of creativity and what you experience when you're having a hard time with it is just resistance. He uses the word resistance. And and I've, for some reason, that's come into my vocabulary lately. I haven't read the book in years, but it's just really popped up lately. The way that um, that I look at it is like, how much resistance is this giving me? Let's say it's a set list. Yeah. I'm having a hard time with it. What am I experiencing a lot of resistance? Maybe I need to push through or maybe I need to quit. Maybe I'm trying to make it too hard. 
I've lost it. Maybe I need to make the main thing the main thing. Yeah. I try to push against that resistance, measure it. Is, how much is it pushing back? Is it pushing back with a lot of force? Is it pushing back with a little force? Does it just need some love or do I need to break it? Yeah. You know, it's just this, the idea of resistance. And I hope that I'm in a season where I'm learning to kind of ride the waves and interact with that resistance. It's somewhat like parenting. I don't know, you know, what your demographic is of worship leaders, but if you're a young worship leader or a parent or something, it's a lot like your kids. They're just looking, they're looking for boundaries. Yes. They're walking around with their hands out going, where am I? What do I do? And that's kind of how, that's kind of how I, I deal with the resistance. Yeah. If I'm having resistance come from a leader, what's going on in their lives? Are you connected to that person? Or is it you? <laughs> is it me? Rather? Yeah, it's almost like, like we don't want to fight the resistance before we understand why it's even there in the first place. understand what it is. Yeah. yeah. Some resistance is good. Gravity is both our friend and a terrible master, if we think about it. Sure. If I If I open the window and you know, drop something. If I were to take an egg and drop it on the sidewalk, it would break, you know, but it's that same gravity that holds us all together. It's yeah. a, I don't know why I use that analogy, but that's just what came to mind. It's a beautiful it's, it's metaphor, a, bro. It's amoral. It's not good or bad. It just is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. 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 So a lot of good stuff here, man. Really appreciate having this conversation mm. with you. I want to pick your brain about one more thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit of a shift, but a lot's happening in our culture. Yeah. Uh, a lot has happened in Chicago. Mm. What would you say is uh, implicating or influencing your worship decisions that's happening in our world? Like, is your creative process currently mm-hmm. being influenced by some of the major themes happening in our culture? Or are you kind of just trying to keep on, keep on, and mm-hmm. let culture just be what it is? Like, mm-hmm. what's your relationship with the culture we're in and your planning, mm-hmm. and how do they communicate with each other? When I first started on the road with Jeremy, we did a series of shows that you may uh, remember hearing the name of or may even have some experience with, and it's called Acquire the Fire. (laughs) Uh, They were these uh, large uh, youth gatherings that would... Uh, you know, come together in a basketball arena or even a football stadium. They had some really big ones back in the 90s and the early 2000s. And when I first started with Jeremy, we did a number of those Acquire the Fires with uh, an artist I'm sure most are familiar with, Lecrae, which is like, man, it was so cool. (laughs) Like, I don't, you know, we'd share a dressing room and we'd chat. And I certainly don't know the guy. We haven't talked in years. But that's kind of Lecrae's thing is like, he said something to me one time. He was like, dude, we should be at the forefront of culture. Oh, like implicating culture. Implicating culture. Yes. Like we don't sit on the sidelines. Yes. And that's frustrating because if you got if you've got somebody come up to you and you're like, the environment that you're creating at church right now is distracting to me. I go, Oh man, how okay. How do we do this? How do we do this better? Because that's not my heart. That's not what I want. Right. What I want is for the creative person who walked in here to be connected to God through their creativity. Yes. But I recognize that this like analytical person is just like completely offended by what I just created. Yep. Parkview is a community that engages the culture. We want to be at the forefront. We are, I don't like to use the word progressive because it has other connotations, both politically and you know, whatever. Theologically, sure. Theologically, right. yep. all that right. stuff. Right. But I would say that, do you mind if I read something? Yeah, man. These are worship leader notes from okay. Sunday. I didn't get to share all of this, but I wrote this May 11, 2019 at 5.26 p.m. in my notes on my phone. It says, we are about the other. Hmm. Those on the fringes, the sidelines, those who have been marginalized and cast away, 
those who have been forgotten, and those who have no voice. Those are the people that we are about because those are the people that Jesus spent his time on earth serving. I grew up in the church, and, I, and I'm not exactly sure what we are afraid of. And essentially, it just kind of goes on to say, um, if you have a badge, it doesn't make you a police officer. Uh, serving and protecting our community makes you a police officer. If you uh, are, have a degree in dentistry and you fix people's teeth, that doesn't make you a dentist if you don't actually fix the teeth. You have the piece of paper all you want. Well, you can be a follower of Christ, uh, but if you don't love other people, we're, we're just missing it. We're missing the point. And we are radically inclusive because I think Jesus was radically inclusive. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that sin isn't important, mm. and it doesn't mean that we don't talk about the blood and the cross. Yeah. It doesn't mean we don't talk about the death of Jesus and the sacrifice that was made for us. It doesn't, talk, it doesn't mean we don't take serious issues seriously, but we're a big recovery church, care and recovery um, my pastor always says everyone's recovering from something. Yeah, everybody needs help with in some way. That's yeah. true. Um, like I said earlier, big fan of therapy. Been a part of the yeah. therapeutic <laughs> process for many years. Um, I'm a podcaster. I do yeah. all sorts of things just to to make sure I'm keeping it fresh. But um, I would absolutely say that we. Um, I don't want to be on the sidelines. Yeah, uh, because and I actually tell our church congregation that's on a fairly regular basis. If that's what we're doing, then that makes me a karaoke singer. Like yeah. that's all I really am. That's I'm it. singing a bunch of other people's songs yes. and then occasionally one of ours. Yeah. It's a cover band that changes yeah. every week and you come to see that. Why do you do that? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not doing that. It's missing the heart of what we're doing. Missing the heart without of it. a doubt. Yeah. But you're telling me that people from different backgrounds who didn't vote for the same person in this particular office or that particular office, this person has this sign in their front yard, this person has their, this sign in their front yard, but we come together in the same room. You know what happens when we sing, right? You know what happens to the human body when we sing together? Like, oh gosh, I'm sure you've heard this. I don't remember the name of the school. It's in like Switzerland, but they did a study of just a few years ago. When you sing in unison, you know your heartbeat. They start to beat together. They beat together. Yes. Oh my word. Yes. It's they crazy. start to become in sync with it's each other. It's because you're taking the same breath with the each breathing, other. Yeah, the breathing's the you're same. You're taking yeah. the breath and you're singing the song and so your very heart yes. begins to sync with the person next to you that you don't agree with. It's beautiful. That's beautiful. That that's community. That's yeah, the church. That's shaping culture. Absolutely. Yeah. And and so that doesn't mean that you're not going to get the negative feedback or the pushback or whatever it is to, as far as, you know, like, Everyone still has their, their. Uh, we moralize our preferences in America. Yeah. This is right. That's wrong. It, no, it's not right or yeah. wrong. It just is. It's just different than you're used to, and you yeah. need to, you know, need to, you know, see it maybe with a different uh, set of eyes. But we could talk about this for hours, bro. Absolutely. Well, thanks for coming in, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. It was an absolute privilege. Yeah, yeah appreciate it. Man, a lot of really good thoughts there. I felt something when he said that he somehow he felt like he somehow let someone down and he didn't even know them. Mm. And that's such a weird position to be in as a worship leader. Because mm-hmm. like you're on stage in front of you know 500 people, they all feel like they know you, they see you, mm-hmm. they watch you, mm-hmm. and like when then when someone comes up to you after service and complains about something. It's like, wow, I, I let you down, but I don't even know who you are. And I'm so sorry that I <laughs> totally man somehow ruined your church experience. Because you are trying to please 
God, but you're also wanting some feedback that um, the people that you're serving are appreciative or... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like that's a very real human element to it as much as you're trying to pull away from the you know fear of man type thing. Right. Pleasing people. You are still a vulnerable as a human being to just be like, I, I've been up here, really worked hard at this, and I really... You guys... Are you into this? You know, it's like yeah. there's that part of you that's still that's still that never goes away. I don't think. Yeah. So that was a very astute way of, of kind of acknowledging. It's like, but what's your name again? Yeah. You just ruined my day. But who are you again? Right. Totally. Oh man. I guess that comes with just being on stage in front of a lot of people. Do you experience that outside of the church? Definitely. Because you play a lot of venues that aren't like not like a Sunday morning service. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And that same thing, I'm sure, happens. It, it definitely is. I think there's less of an expectation. If you're playing like a club or a bar, it's like because it's strictly entertainment, there's like something different that happens there. There's maybe more of a live and let live. If you do something weird, they're like, all right, you know, you're yeah. just being a weird artist. He's just an and, artist, yeah. You know, we're here to have fun anyway. And Right. But at church, there's expectations. Everybody comes in with their different expectations. We're paying your salary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's so many things we could talk about with this conversation one thing that I noticed that's kind of like maybe an adjacent thing is how much church has changed since we were kids, yeah. um, since we were growing up, since really I started playing guitar and playing in services when I was 12, 13. That was in the late 90s, early yeah. 2000s. Yeah, me too. That's that's a different world than what, where we're at today. And I think sometimes I sometimes approach Sunday morning and approach church culture as if it's still that same world. You've got guys like Donnie, you know, Jeremy Camp w- wouldn't be taking him out if he wasn't talented and, and helpful and good at whatever it is that he does for him. But he also has such a heart for ministry and he has such a heart for serving the people in a way that's very spiritually nourishing and not just like trying to be cool. Like he really, you could hear in his voice, he really wants to serve people. But he also really has that artist's heart and really wants to keep things creative and keep them moving forward. And it's like, there's so many churches like Parkview. Can we just like acknowledge how amazing it is that we live in a, in a world in 2019 wherein there's people like Donnie serving at hundreds of churches around the country that are a part of Loop Community that are listening to this podcast. It's like, that is amazing. Yeah, that is, you know, gosh, what a... What a beautiful, to think in the mid 90s, whenever that cutting edge, delirious album came out that sort of shook yep. the rafters, not 25 years later, the church would be at a place where it's like, there's tons of little deliriouses. Yeah. And that is actually so cool. It's kind it. of, I mean, there's a lot of unintended consequences and I think we like to focus on that. Like, yeah. well, now there's rock stars and there's, I get that. There's always, you know, there's always unintended consequences, negative things you have to deal with, but... I think it's amazing that there's these artists that are serving the church. Yeah. You know, people with that kind of heart would not have been serving the church, I think, 20, 25 years, 30 years ago. Wow. I mean, maybe, yeah. no, may, totally. but, but it feels like the- It's the, different. Yeah, the profile of the worship pastor of yesteryear, I think, was a little bit different than mm-hmm. the profile of the worship pastor now. And I don't know if yeah. that's all bad. It's like totally given an opportunity, a space, a job- like it's even a, it's a vocation now, which is cool. Yeah. Like it's given a spot in this puzzle mm-hmm. for those types of people to fit mm-hmm. and to like express themselves and to like use the, yeah, the creativity that God's given them. It is a really cool thing. And I do think that, yeah, there, 
no matter what, there's going to be like negative sides to it. Yeah. Like, because we're people. Yeah. And I think it comes down to when we start taking ourselves way too seriously. Yeah, I love that. And he talks about that a bit about like, it's funny how we kind of give ourselves like too of an important part in the equation. Totally. Of like, he said like, God needs us to save these people. (laughs) Totally. We must put on this amazing service for God to then be able to work. Oh, dude. I was listening to this podcast with um, John Mark Comer and John Tyson the other day, and it was literally about something wildly different than what we're talking about, but he he had this throwaway comment that has stuck with me. He's like talking about new media and how, oh, we're just dying to like keep making things. He's like, yes, we need to continue progressing on that front um, because we want to do things well, but when you start taking it too seriously, remind yourself that the people who who care most about new media and churches are other Christians. He's like, no one's getting saved because your slides are better. <laughs> and, you know, it, it kind of is like, oh my gosh, that's Whoa. a little offensive, but it's also kind of like, dude, 110%. Yeah, The spirit of God is what pulls people into church and what comforts them and what convicts them and what ultimately saves them. It's not wow. these things that we spend so much of our week worrying about you yeah. know what i mean like it's helpful yeah and it's amazing but i think that's that's such a to me that that feels like a very liberating statement because it's yes. like oh my gosh the the weight of the importance of what's happening here is actually not on me that's on god so what i get to focus on is these things that if they go right or wrong actually aren't really going to derail the thing too much yeah like it's on god i love that it's, it's so on freeing. god yeah that is such a cool thought it's very freeing because it does make you ask the question of like, how am I spending my time? Yeah. Or just not putting so much weight on like, I have to invent the next coolest social media idea. Yeah. The next coolest video. Or even if you do, you just don't have to. I think a lot of us put the weight on ourselves when really the weight is on God. When Jesus yeah. says that the yoke is easy, it's like, it means that the thing that is most important about a Sunday service, about the life of a church is actually not on us. The thing that is most important is on God. And we just simply get to do these other things that help the main thing happen. And it's amazing. And he lets us do that because that's yeah. how we're gifted, because that because that stuff's important too. But it's not as vitally important as what the Holy Spirit does in some mysterious way right. when we gather and sing and hear his word, right. and repent and get together, you know, at 6 a.m. for the prayer meeting on Monday or whatever. Yeah. You know, whatever that thing is, yeah. it's like, it's actually on God. Right. And... um yeah, and it doesn't mean we we're apathetic about it. Yeah, no. Yeah, he's like, take what you do seriously. Exactly. Don't take yourself too seriously. That's oh. that's an important thing for worship leaders to remember. Such good reminders. Thanks for joining us on the Leap Community Podcast. Music from this episode is brought to you by John Guerra from his album Little Songs. Make sure you check it out on Apple Music or Spotify. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, leave a review and a rating. It means a lot. We'll see you soon.